Hey guys, and welcome back to today's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. And happy Valentine's Day. This will be going up on Wednesday, but we are recording this on Sunday the 14th of Feb. So, do you have any Valentine's Day plans, (laughs) Kira? Um, Absolutely not. Today is actually Gatsby's birthday as well as Valentine's Day. Way more important. The the focus is on his birthday. He's six today, so it's very exciting. (laughs) Adorable. Um, I know. I have a yoga class that I'm teaching after this and then that's basically it we don't really do Valentine's Day as a couple um, yeah I feel like I pour so much energy and love into Christmas that by the time I'm done with Christmas I need like a holiday break until Easter when I can get excited about chocolate again so that's uh that's me what about you <laughs> yeah I mean well clearly I don't have <laughs> many Valentine's plans but do you know what I always think I enjoy it more um when I'm not in a relationship like I don't mm. like the pressure of it if I'm in a relationship but outside of it I just think a day to like appreciate and celebrate love is just really kind of a cute theme and I like that I know yeah. we should be doing it every day um but I do <laughs> like the idea of it I do I am a Valentine's fan and also like yeah. pink's my favorite color as well so it's just like the aesthetic pink is a great color yeah it's a great color I enjoy it so <laughs> wherever you are whatever you did for Valentine's Day because this will be going up on Wednesday yeah we hope you had a really nice day so let's move on into the roundup okay what have you been doing this week honestly this week has absolutely flown by and I just feel like the main thing that I remember about this week is how cold it's been and just how sad <laughs> that makes me <laughs> on a daily basis oh my god oh, that reminds me of the text what did you what did the text say Kira sent me a text yesterday oh. um and it sounded really poetic oh, oh yeah no. we were talking about the cold <laughs> she was like it's just painful and breathtakingly cold <laughs> not just cold breathtakingly but it actually cold. was so I went on a social distance walk with my sister yesterday and we both were just like could hardly talk because it was that cold and windy that it's like you just couldn't catch your breath and it was just really horrible so it's been a cold week but I have still been keeping up with my 10,000 steps a day challenge so February is going strong I think yesterday I got to 13,000 steps which was quite nice impressive um, and you know I'm quite pleased because it's not easy to make yourself go out when it's freezing cold outside especially if you don't need to go out for anything but I've been doing it and I'm enjoying it a lot and then when I've been at home I've been baking I had some scones that I made this week whoa I did not know you were a scone and not a scone wait I'm sure we've talked about this before you know on the podcast I feel like on the podcast I feel like well every every time you say it I am hit with new wave of disgust (laughs) yeah no I feel the same about scone I'm just like is it a cone or is it a con? It's a cone. So it's a con. It's a cone. <laughs> but anyway, um, I made scones, blueberry and almond scones, and they were amazing. Ooh. Absolutely loved it because I'd bought this horrible low-fat yogurt, which was a desperation buy because my favourite yogurt was out of stock, but I still wanted yogurt for the week. So I bought this light and free. That should have been enough to tell me it wasn't going to be good. But then when I tried to eat it, it was disgusting. So I was like, I'm going to have to try and put this in baking or something because I can't eat it as a yogurt. I put it in scones and it worked incredibly well. So I was very pleased with that. And I was probably inspired by the fact that I've also been watching a lot of MasterChef this week. 
So <laughs> we're feeling inspired in the kitchen. But that's basically been my week. What about you? Yeah, so I feel like this week has been quite a mixed one. <laughs> Last night at literally 1am, I finished Schitt's Creek. Oh, really? <laughs> a big wow. moment. <laughs> literally cried my eyes out. It was a very good ending. And then I watched the, there's like a documentary on Netflix. Oh my like God. the making of Schitt's Creek. <laughs> and I cried at that too. It was just a lovely way to end Saturday. <laughs> and then I also, on Friday night, I did socially distanced, or is it socially distanced if it's literally like miles and miles and miles away? Me and my sister very both distanced. ordered pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's not even socially distanced, it's just distanced. Me and my sister both ordered pizza at the exact same time and both um, watched the third To All the Boys I've Loved Before movie oh, on that's Netflix. Oh, so cute. Yeah, I love at the that. same time. Do you watch those movies? Uh, no, I haven't ever watched them because I never read the books, so I felt like oh, maybe right. I would read the books at some point, but it's quite a few years later now and I've still not read the books and I've still not watched the films, so maybe I should just watch the films so I'm never going to get around yeah, to the books. Yeah, I, I think they're really good, like, they're, they're cringy, um, but they're, I just love the way that they're produced and I love the cast, it's <laughs> very good. Uh, I, I think I read the first two books and then I think I got too old for that series and I just yeah. didn't read the third, so I had no idea what was going to happen in the third oh, and I actually nice. think it was my favourite of all the movies. Oh, maybe so. it's the element of surprise then, because... Yeah, and I also feel like it's, like, it's the movie where she's they're all moving to university, they're Aww. getting a bit older. It's more realistic, I think. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, definitely a cringe fest. <laughs> but in the spirit of Valentine's, a very good choice. So yeah, a lot of good watching has been going on this week. Yeah. And I also wanted to talk about the fact that I got my first rejection with querying my new book. I'm really and sad. And I feel like that is a bit... I You see... I feel like I, I wanted to share it because I feel like sometimes with writing, when you talk about writing online, yeah, you only share the good moments. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just finished this manuscript. Oh, I just started a new manuscript. Oh, I got a book deal. Yeah, and I feel like I am definitely party to this. Like, I definitely do this. I don't share the tougher moments. No, of course. Um, and I think it would be incredibly lucky to not get a rejection when you're querying. It like, would be lucky. I'm sure it's happened I mean, to some people, but I'd say the vast majority of people have not you know had that experience I think I still need to read it but Stephen King on writing I'm pretty sure he talks a lot about the experience Mm. of getting his first book published and I mean like I'm pretty sure he got a lot of rejection as well and now look at him so you know yeah I mean it's it's just a part of the process Mm. like it's I think more than anything, so for a little bit of context, um, for anyone that might be new, I had my first book published and now I am querying my second book. Oh, it's not the second book I've written because I feel like that is another topic for another day (laughs) about how everything you produce doesn't have to be, like, successful. Like, you can write things that are not good, but they, yeah, they aren't the best thing you've ever written, but they still have value. Anyway, this is the third book I've written and I'm currently submitting it to try and get a literary agent. Um, And I got my first rejection this week and for me more than anything it just was a symbol of the fact that I'm putting it out there yeah and the fact that I'm even if it's a rejection I feel like that's a step closer than if I'd never submitted it if that makes sense no that totally makes sense and yeah so like I feel like it marks it marks the beginning of something rather than it being a failure I don't know maybe I'm just yeah and obviously like the I feel like the process of of what you're doing obviously is like you want success everyone wants success but then I feel like rejection immediately the reaction is obviously negative but then when you kind of like reframe the way that you look at it and obviously with a literary agent their job is to sell your book to publishers and like to get them to take Mm. it on and so obviously you want to find the person that's like gonna do that 
in the best way and that loves the book as much as you do so it's like it is yeah you know difficult to deal with rejection but then at the same time it just means that wasn't the right person for the book but yeah yeah I just think if you put yourself in the shoes of a literary agent you have to absolutely back the book 100% because you are going to be the one you know, getting it out there yeah and so I think reading is very subjective we have different favorite books but we love them yeah the, the books that are our favorites we absolutely love we connected with mm-hmm. the characters the story everything about them and just because somebody else didn't doesn't mean it's a bad book exactly. like reading and books is so subjective um and she was really nice yeah in the rejection so <laughs> actually I feel like it has almost been a positive experience this week because it was some really nice feedback reading sub- reading and writing is subjective so I know it's nothing personal yeah. and it just marks the beginning of something rather than a failure so I love feeling that. good about it yeah that's so good I'm very I'm very happy for you in your response to what could have been a really difficult thing but actually I feel like yeah your attitude towards these negative experiences is always I think what determines how you feel about it going forward so you've obviously picked a very good attitude mm, I mean catch catch me in a few months when I've had about 60 <laughs> and I might be feeling a little bit different I also think having been through it before um because I got so many rejections with the first book because I think that's just standard um you kind of know what to expect going into it a second ra- time round. Mm. so yeah it's it doesn't hurt as much but yeah no, I don't want to ever paint a completely perfect idyllic picture yeah of being a writer because it can be difficult but also I think you'd have to just remember that writing is so subjective of so course. yes that's been my week to all the boys I've loved before can't remember the name of the last movie but watch that really enjoyed it <laughs> had a pizza party it's valentine's day experience rejection finished Shit's creek bish bash bosh bish bash bosh indeed <laughs> what a week it's been <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're on a game show or something there's some hi in the background <laughs> Oh yeah, where is he? Oh yeah, he's in bed. <laughs> he's drinking <laughs> coffee and in bed. That's my favourite part of a Sunday, so I'm jealous of him right now. I'm jealous. Oh, this is also my favourite part yeah. of a Sunday. Did an Instagram post yesterday, did you see the caption? I did, yeah, and I, I liked the photo. I obviously was a little bit upset because you sent us two images oh, and yeah. it was Jay's image that ended up going on Instagram. Well, no, because all three of us voted for the best Instagram and you... I voted for the other one, vote. but I just felt like I was a bit outnumbered and then Jay liked the picture before even I liked the picture, so... I was yeah, just, I did notice that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Jay often likes my pictures, but the caption for that <laughs> one, it was a picture of a coffee in front of the York Minster, you know, my favourite part of the weekend, mm-hmm. and it was talking about lockdown weekends and my favourite part, and the two favourite parts are a Saturday hot chocolate walk around mm-hmm. the Minster and recording the podcast because I just feel like it sets me up in such a good mood for the rest of Sunday. It is always a really nice way to start the Sunday uh, experience and I always love it but it's just getting out of bed that it's like just that little bit of a challenge but once you've done it then it's great so yeah there we go. Well in the spirit of my getting up an hour earlier every day to read I've been up since seven. Oh my god I was kind of I've actually been up since seven I've been in bed watching TikTok but I was so warm that I just oh, didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> um, but yeah it is it is a struggle on a Sunday and and because it's been so cold I think it's just not just cold painful painful and breathtakingly breathtakingly cold cold. it's been really hard to get out of bed (laughs) but yeah Yeah, agreed agreed okay I think that brings this week to an end (laughs) oh snap (laughs) we were like yeah that's enough now (laughs) this roundup is dragging (laughs) okay let's move on to the main topic of the week Okay, so 
I'm very excited about the main topic of this episode. It was one that was yet again selected by M because she is just <laughs> some kind of podcast theme ideas genius, but it was very exciting. It's about something that we both make content a lot about on our YouTube channels, but don't necessarily talk about as much here on the podcast, but I'm excited for this episode. So seeing as it was your idea, baby, do you want to tell us more about <laughs> <Whoa>. it? <laughs> that sounded like you were calling me, me. No, the what I'm saying is the idea is your baby. You are not my baby. So just to clarify, idea, please. <laughs> okay, so this week's, well, I mean, I don't want to take full credit for it being a podcast theme because really it was just a, a YouTube collab video idea. The collab is actually going out, I think, what do we say this Friday? So the podcast Friday, will be yeah. going out before the video collab. Um, but yeah, it was a video collab idea that I pitched to Kira. We have found <laughs> pitched it. Thought, yeah, I pitched it to Kira. Um, <laughs> she said yes. She signed on board, and uh, now we're bringing it to the podcast because I feel like it could be quite an interesting discussion. So mm-hmm. I love Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I just really like her. I think she's so funny on Instagram and Twitter. And I think I love Legally Blonde. I love her movies and I love her book club. So I thought we could do a video where we read Reese's book club or some pics from Reese's book club. And then we discussed them and see and saw which ones were our favorite, which ones we liked, Mm -hmm. we didn't like. The main theme for Reese's book club is that the books are focused around women. So it is a women focused novel, but there's no other theme. So there's so many different genres. I mean, we we really make like all of the picks um, and picked out three that we both hadn't read but there's non-fiction memoir romance contemporary historical fiction sci-fi thriller mm-hmm. like there's everything <laughs> every it, because the only thing that connects all the books is that they are kind of women's perspective or the protagonist or the author is a, a woman mm-hmm. like there is no other theme there's so many different genres and I just want to take a moment to read out kind of the motto for the book club because it's my favorite thing ever so and I don't ready? know it I'm ready I'm prepare ready. yourself so it says women may we write them truer raise them higher and read them here I just love that. That seems like the, like, mantra for, like, a a girl's boarding school or something like that. I just love it. Yeah, like a St. Trinian's message. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. that's cute. I just love... I just love Reese's Book Club and I've always loved it and I've read quite a few books from it. Not intentionally, they just end up being on that list. So I said, let's pick three books, read them, discuss them. So here we shall be discussing the books today. So do you want to introduce the books that we read or maybe we'll do it one by one? Yeah. Okay. So the first book that we read was Outlawed by Anna North. This is a book which I would personally describe as like a crossover between The Handmaid's Tale and an old Western because it's set in the 1800s at some point. I can't remember the 1894. Bish bash bosh. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and it basically is set in a world in which there's been a great flu and that has like wiped out a lot of people. So there's a lot of emphasis on replenishing the population. So having children is like one of the most important things. Girls are told that that is like the most important thing that they can do in life is to be a mother and have children. But women who consistently after like a year or whatever of marriage can't have children are then accused of being witches and they're seen as like bringing bad fortune to the entire community. So our main character is unfortunately 
family, one of those women, she's accused of being a witch because she can't have children after getting married. I think she's only 17 when she gets married. So it's like kind of wild. And then she ends up having to flee the community and she kind of joins up with this group of outlaws, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but that's the the main summary, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're so good at synopsis. Before we recorded this segment, I was like, so Kira, you're going to have to explain this one because <laughs> you're much more eloquent than I am. So yeah, this Thank one was you. a Western. And I think this is the first one we picked because we both agreed that it was just like s- something that totally different so cool, to what yeah. we'd ever read. And I've seen this a lot on Bookstagram. So I think after I, after I, like, we picked it, I started seeing it mm. everywhere. Everywhere, um, yeah. So yeah, this one was a really interesting one. And I thought, we read it first, so we're going to be talking about these in the order that we read them I thought I was gonna hate this because the idea of a western just I never would have picked one up like of my own accord yeah Um, but I think that this one had such important themes this one covered a lot of themes and it was quite a short book actually I think it was like two what was it 200 yeah it was really quick and easy Um, to get through and it looked at you know identity gender roles sexuality racial injustices it covered a lot of themes and I think for such a short book it covered them really I thought really well it didn't feel like a short book no but it didn't feel like a drag it kind of had like the the flow of a really fast-paced short book but you felt like at least I felt like I got to know the characters really really well and I think the reason that this appeals as a western as opposed to a normal western is that typically I would imagine cowboy type books they focus predominantly on men and I probably wouldn't you know gravitate towards those books as much whereas this has the benefit of like being in that western setting but it's obviously very much primarily focused on women and the experience of women who have basically been sort of shunned from society because of their I want to say inability in inverted commas to reproduce because I feel like it's just the way that it dealt with the theme of fertility I thought was really really interesting and I think it showed to a more dramatic extent than what we see in real society the experience that people feel of having been a failure if they are unable to have children and the way that that failure again in inverted commas is kind of pushed onto women as like a them problem Um, and I just feel like even now even though people wouldn't be shunned from society for not being able to have children it still is a really big taboo subject where people obviously would be kind of like ashamed or feel as if they'd kind of let people down if they can't have children and it is a really important topic that I thought was discussed really well in this. Yeah definitely I think it it really reminded me of books like you say I haven't read The Handmaid's Tale but I know you know the kind of concept of it and also of The Gracier by Kim Liggett if you like books like that I think you would really like this and I think the thing that connects those kind of books even though you know they might be like dystopians or I don't know what the genre The Handmaid's Tale is Help so me dystopian. dystopian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they might be in different genres, I think the thing that is really important with books like that is that they have a strong protagonist and you, someone that you can really root mm. for. And Ada, who is the main character, um, I absolutely rooted for her. I think she was yeah. she was so vivid to me. And it's interesting to me that you would say that you felt like you connected to the characters because Ada, I felt, was so strong. I rooted for her so much. But actually, my criticism of the book is that, especially with the gang of outlaws, I couldn't really distinguish mm. between them until the end, apart from the leader of the gang. Um, I felt like yeah, they were all yeah. they all blurred into one at some point for me like they weren't that distinct and I felt like maybe that was a downfall of the book being so short I wish I had known the characters better aside from Ada who I felt was very strong yeah no I do know what you mean there Ada is obviously the strongest character and I think 
it was another thing that was kind of completely off topic but really interesting was the fact that she and her mum were both midwives so she was like completely intrinsically tied to the world of like you know children and birthing and all of that kind of stuff and she was kind of stopped from being part of that world so she kind of felt like she'd been separated from her life's purpose and I feel like that was interesting because her life's purpose wasn't necessarily to be a mother that wasn't like I think the thing that she felt the worst about losing it was about losing her like passion and her career and that kind of thing so I do feel like obviously as the main character we got to know her and the intricacies of all of her thoughts and experiences so well but I did feel like you know for a book that was so short we got to know quite a lot about different characters although I do agree it was more like end heavy in terms of exploring the backstories of some of those characters so yeah it might have been nicer to know them a little bit more in depth yeah and I absolutely absolutely (laughs) yeah and I definitely think I looked at some of the reviews um on the Reese's book club app after I'd finished reading it um and a lot of people criticized the ending I actually loved the ending that was one of my favorite parts of the book obviously I'm not going to spoil it but I really liked it I also looked at some of the reviews and I have to say and I talk about this more in my vlog but I kind of agreed with those criticisms of the ending only just because I feel like the way that the book is kind of written you're leading up towards a particular event and sort of destination if you will in terms of like where the plot is going and I just felt like it kind of reached that destination that you've been building up to for the entire Mm. book and then stopped and although that kind of does leave a lot to the reader's imagination and actually is very similar to the way that The Handmaid's Tale ends it's a very abrupt ending you don't know what happens to the characters after that point I still do think It would have just been nicer to have like a little bit more of a story around like what happened post Mm. end of the book maybe just like a little epilogue or something like that just to know a little bit more but that's just kind of personal preference and i always think that's a mark of a good book if you want more of it i want more and so although it's not really badly written or anything like that the ending is a good ending i just always find with books that i've loved i want more and that just means it shows how much i enjoyed them so yeah i think we both felt really positively about this one i think we both thought it covered some really important themes definitely that aren't just characteristic of a western society but that actually tie very much into today's society too had a very strong protagonist um and yeah i think we both thought that for something that was so far i I know for me definitely outside of my comfort zone um the takeaway for me is that I never would have picked up a Western. I would have been like actively avoiding it. Whereas I actually really enjoyed it and it wasn't my least favorite from this three. So, ooh, positive takeaway. Well, I feel like, yeah, my takeaway is just that, again, I was kind of like half involved, half not involved in this book in terms of like whether I would usually pick it because it felt dystopian, immediately got Handmaid's Tale vibes, which immediately made me want to pick it up. But the Western setting was very unfamiliar to me. But I do feel like this is a book where the setting adds a lot of interest to the book, but really the themes transcend any setting because they can be applied to, you know, real life. And you could see that theme explored in so many other different contexts in literature, such as The Handmaid's Tale and like you say, The Gracia and that kind of thing. So I just think it transcends the theme and I um, not the theme, the setting. So I just feel like if you yeah. are concerned about the setting the theme is the strongest part of this book and I think it's very much worth a read so I absolutely agree so moving on to our second book which I think (laughs) 
<laughs> it's going to have an interesting discussion. <laughs> so the second book we picked, we decided to sandwich a non-fiction in there. Um, and we read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. So a little bit of context. Glennon Doyle, um, she writes memoirs and this is her third memoir. And this is her memoir all about kind of a shift in her mindset and also her life when she came to the end of her marriage. She is married to a man um, and she had three children with the same man. And then she met Abby and Abby completely changed her life. She fell in love with Abby. And so she decided to end her marriage um, and get, mar- well, have a relationship and then get married to Abby. And so she has this bigger family now and a changed mindset of not wanting to do things to please other people anymore and living to please herself. So it's a memoir with that kind of concept. And I think I'm going to let Kira go first because I can tell that she's <laughs> itching to go. So what are your thoughts? Okay, so first of all, based on the synopsis, I was excited for this one. I thought it sounded really interesting. And I was like, you know what, that's really cool. Doing what you want to do, following your heart, not just being sort of trapped into a life that you thought you had to live because you once wanted it and that kind of thing and I feel like the theme of like you know for example mothers being um kind of like sort of stuck in a life that they don't really want to lead just because they have children and therefore feel that they need to set this like specific example of a perfect life I feel like that was really exciting so I was looking forward to the experience sadly everything that followed that excitement was just a downhill battle with me in this book I really really I'm gonna say hated this book and I don't say that about books ever because I am usually the type of person that like will always try and find the good things about books I rate books generally really highly I'm giving out five stars left right and center but this book I just hated it and actually my first sort of like negative emotion that came from this book was when I discovered that it was her third memoir because she's only in her 40s right and I'm sorry but no one in their 40s has lived enough life to need to write three memoirs (laughs) and so I kind of just started to mistrust her as an author because I felt like like just write a fiction for god's sake glennon just write a fiction because you're just making bits of your life try and sound more interesting and you're trying to create this story but i felt like it was disjointed it didn't have like a clear narrative you know arc i didn't know where she was going and then a lot of the things that she said were confusing contradictory she would say one thing and then go back on herself i was reading some reviews on goodreads and one person pointed out that at one point she said that when she had her third child she just gave that child an ipad and let it raise itself <laughs> i saw this review. and then later on she then talked about how technology is like killing the, the minds devil. of the next generation and she had to take her 14 year old son's phone away so it's like mate what 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 are you doing Pick a side, where are you yeah. going yeah so I just feel like she's writing things because she thinks they sound interesting and she picks loads of buzzwords and all of that kind of stuff but does it have any actual meaning or substance I honestly felt like no I don't feel like she even really believes half the things that she says um and I just felt like <laughs> it was just awful 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 I've got a couple more points and then I'll leave it to you because I'm sure you'll bring some more positivity so going back into the phone conversation she talks about taking her son's phone away which I I think is a bit tight because 14 years old and he's not gonna have a phone it's like how's he gonna communicate with anyone <laughs> she's like I don't want to make him stand out but I also am gonna make him stand out and it's like yeah of course you are because he's not gonna be able to talk to anyone um, and then you know but that's her prerogative as a parent so I've got less issue with that although if that was me I would have been really annoyed with my parents if they tried to take my phone when I was 14. I think I know um, what you're gonna say here but it was the bit where she started talking about like 
a, f a whole generation of authors will never put pen to paper, artists will never draw, chefs will never make a mess in the kitchen, and it's like, just because they've got phones. I'm like, Glennon, get off your high horse and just come back down <laughs> to the real world, because just because she's older and maybe didn't grow up with phones as a main part of her life and she's become an author, there's a whole generation of authors who also use social media, of content creators who use phones and technology to be creative, who find inspiration <laughs> and collaboration. Did this one hit you personally? <laughs> it was just, it felt so outdated and she was just so like I felt like there's an air of morality and just egotisticality about her as a person where she has these independent <laughs> views that she then feels the need to sort of broadly as like sort of applied to the rest of the world she might find that using phones limits her creativity but then the way that she frames that is that that's the case and it applies to a whole generation and I'm just like no that's just you but thanks for your opinion and um, and I just really disagreed with it. And then I felt like that same thing came up again, where she basically was talking about memos that parents get and how those memos have changed throughout generations. And she kind of basically says that people in our generation have no empathy because we've never been allowed to suffer. And I'm like, all right, just because you constantly talk about your own suffering and this whole memoir talks about how she you know, had suffering with an eating disorder as a child and then she was an alcoholic growing up, um, like, into adulthood. And she obviously has had a lot of suffering. But she then can't seem to appreciate that other people can suffer. And she just has this really, in my opinion, like, self-centred view of the world where her experience is the only experience that counts, her suffering is the only suffering that really hurts, and everyone <laughs> else can just piss off. So... <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes I could go on all day I literally could go on all day but I will I'll stop I mean I think it makes the episode interesting um <laughs> I will start by saying I read a lot of memoirs it is arguably I think in my top two genres of that like, I read most often and I really respect people who write memoirs because I think you have to put a lot of yourself into a memoir and a lot of personal experiences so I do respect that and I also respect the fact that um I think it I like the message um, well, obviously, I respect her journey and the fact that she did quite. She made quite a difficult decision in like leaving her yeah, marriage for sure. and marrying Abby. I think that took a lot of courage, and I really like kind of the the message that I think women often are conditioned to do things to please other people and their husbands or their families and their children, and especially mm -hmm. their children. I think that was touched on a lot, um, and so I do yeah. like the overall message. Um, and I really like her writing style of using metaphors and anecdotes to get across a message because I think that really resonates with me. I definitely mm -hmm. um, connected more with the chapters that used an anecdote rather than, I hate empowering memoirs where it just feels like a mantra is being like repetitively screamed in your face. I did um, feel like this one was quite repetitive like in some parts. Yeah, in some parts, yeah, definitely. Um, and I didn't like that um, because I just, I'm like, you're saying the same thing at me, but you're not showing me why. Uh, so I really yeah. like an anecdote. There was a particular anecdote about her daughter discovering climate change and, you know, mm. that our need to tackle that problem. And I really liked that anecdote, I thought. And I also liked the panicdote. The panicdote? <laughs> That's actually kind of weird that I said that. The anecdote of her feeling guilt over, like, kind of uprooting 
and completely changing the structure of her family and the Mm -hmm. kind of anecdote of her being on a plane and there being turbulence and she had to keep serving the peanuts and had to keep you know pretending nothing was wrong because if anyone else sensed her fear they too would panic about kind Mm -hmm. of the changing dynamic of the family situation and so I really like her use of anecdotes what I didn't like about this book and I think to be honest it really derailed the reading experience for me is that I felt like she felt like she needed to have an opinion on everything yeah and I think what I gravitate towards with most about memoirs that cover a lot of topics are the fact that the author is saying that she hasn't had everything figured out yet and she's still learning that's what I loved about Dolly Alderton's memoir I think I don't think there's anything relatable or that you can connect to about a woman saying that she knows everything about everything Mm -hmm. so I just really struggled to connect and from that point onwards it became kind of arrogant to me like it started out the chapters where she's talking about her family I think that's really authentic I love the way she talks about her family but I really really didn't like the chapters where she just begun to have it really was an opinion on every topic under the sun and they came in such quick the chapters are really short um which I do like because I think long Mm -hmm. chapters in a non-fiction are hard to kind of I don't know, I find it hard to get into it when I know it's going to be a long chapter. Um, But short, sharp chapters, when you are covering every topic under the sun, just doesn't work. So I definitely had, I don't think, as much of a rant review about this one, but (laughs) I did, towards the end, just find that it came across as quite arrogant. I like a memoir of self-exploration. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you don't know everything. In fact, I think that that is more comforting to read about because no one knows everything. We're all still learning and all still evolving every single day. That's what I loved about Dolly Alderton's memoir, not to compare it to that but every memoir gets compared to that I'm sorry it's just the way it is that's me with um, educated yeah like, um best memoir ever like we were just saying uh either a memoir you have to like have something really interesting to talk about or you have to be someone like that the reader really that you really care about and yeah. that you really care about and this memoir didn't really fall into either of those things it just kind of felt a bit preachy towards the end so I think we both felt quite negatively yeah. about this one um and then do you want to go for explaining the third book Yes, so the final book that we read was Whisper Network by Chandler Baker. Woo-hoo. I just, for some reason, was like, is it Baker or Barker? But I think it's, <laughs> it's Baker. Baker. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so the Whisper Network is a book which is set surrounding a team of women working in the law department of this big company called Truvive, which for some reason... I feel like, is that a sweetener company? I feel like that's a oh, brand of sweetener. Oh, you think you of Stevia? Stevie? There's Stevia, but I think there's Truvia as oh. well. And I think every time I read Truvive, I just thought of Sweetener, which is completely <laughs> irrelevant, but I thought I'd share. Um, and essentially, this group of women work in the law department. The CEO of this huge company dies, and then a member of the law team, a man, Ames, um, basically is like next in line to become CEO. And then lots of information starts getting released about perhaps misconduct that he has had historically and right up until the present day with various women who work in this company. And so they start trying to challenge his like sort of rising up to CEO position and start trying to put things right. But that leads to a massive sort of dispute between these women and the company and a lot of drama happens. And it's very complicated, but I think a really really interesting book. Yeah, I love this book straight away. I mean, this is this book has been on my wish list for my Amazon wish list for I think 
ever since I, I think it was before it came out. Like I've been aware of this book for a long time. Um, and yeah. I thought that this one was, I, I saw on the back one of the testimonials said a thriller for the hashtag me too era. And I think that really okay. sums this up because mm-hmm. it was a very feminist thriller that looked, cause obviously from the get go, the first line, I think the prologue is uh, nothing, this would never have happened if, it's something like that. The prologue is a very, I just find once, the book, yeah, one go second. for it. The prologue is so reach. interesting. <laughs> she's going, she's going, she's getting the book. Okay, it was just within reach, okay. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> if only you'd listened to us, none of this would have happened. That's the entire yeah, prologue. Yeah, that's the entire prologue. And then the next page wow. is something like witness statements. Um, so I loved that. Yeah, I think I the, the beginning of the that. book just immediately hooked me. Um, so you know that something, a crime has com- been committed and they're all being questioned. So it is a thriller in that sense. But it is also mm-hmm. a novel that really deeply explores the position of women in the workplace and accountability and sexual assault and that kind of whole ballpark of themes and I thought it Mm -hmm. covered them really well. Another thing I really liked is that it follows four main women. So you've got Sloane, Grace, Ardie and Rosalita and I felt that it really distinctively separated these women. Um, I think you, without knowing who was speaking or whose perspective the chapter was from, you will be able to tell who who the perspective was without ever yeah. getting told. And I think that's a really powerful writing tool and I think that the perspectives were done so, so well. So I thought really strong set of characters, really obviously intriguing thriller aspects and covered some vital themes. I just thought the themes of sexual assault and accountability and harassment in the workplace were so mm-hmm. well done. I don't know what your th- thoughts on that were. Yeah, 100% agree with and echo everything that you said and I think even aside from the really serious themes of things like sexual assault in the workplace it also talks just about the experience of you know um like pay equality or rather like the lack of pay equality in the workplace and um, of the struggle for women to be taken seriously in meetings yeah. of um the struggle to balance you know motherhood with being a career-driven person and all of those kinds of things that I think even when you take out the three thrillery elements and even if you've never experienced like the more serious themes of this book you can still relate to it on more of a just like general level of understanding the experience of inequality that exists within a lot of workplaces but I think especially these really high flying really career driven industries like law and things like that so I really enjoyed that and I think my favorite thing about this book was the way that it had the like not just the witness statements at the beginning but testimonies questioning interviews in between lots of different chapters which I just love and I think that's an element of books that I really enjoy is when they have that foreshadowing and you know that something has happened and then the rest of the novel is leading up to that but you're getting little bits of information about the sort of consequences of what has happened as well and I just think it works really really well so I really enjoyed that yeah and it was quite I think it was quite late in the book that you found out what the actual was and I liked that yeah, it the was. suspense was yeah. definitely there the whole way through yeah exactly I felt like it had the sort of context of being a bit thrillery but it didn't feel like a mystery thriller where figuring out like what's happened was the main focus no, no. I think the rest of the novel the characters and their individual experiences were also enough just to carry it so I feel like it balanced that like sort of more character focused sort of 
in-depth experience type novel with then a more plot-driven thriller and I think those two things came together really really well and just seeing the way that these women supported each other but also had issues within their workplace and out-of-work relationships and all of that kind of stuff was really really interesting and I just think on the whole was a really well-written novel and also I was so relieved to enjoy this one after finishing <laughs> Untamed yeah. so it was it was lovely it was great it couldn't have predicted the ending the end like I think there's something gets revealed very close yeah. to the end never would have predicted oh it and on the <laughs> final final comment on this book because I could talk about this book all day because I really really loved it um I think it was really interesting how it also explored so for example the character Grace really struggled yeah. with because in this book uh, a spreadsheet gets made and passed around where women can add about it's called like the bad men spreadsheet and they can add yeah uh, men that have harassed them onto this spreadsheet to kind of warn other women and it looked at Grace's struggle with not believing women for a second and questioning yeah. that and so it really looked deep into women's struggle with this whole theme and I thought that was really interesting as well like it, it definitely yeah. delved deep into this theme of workplace inequality and harassment and accountability. Mm-hmm. No, I really, I really agree with everything that you said because it was so interesting and I just think it dealt with a difficult topic really, really well. Yeah, so that was the final book. So do you want to give me your ranking of favourite, no, least favourite to favourite? Okay, so least favourite, obviously Untamed. Shocker. Not for me. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not for anyone else, but I think the thing that I didn't like about this one the most was just the fact that I think... If it was just about her experience, that would have been fine, but I felt like she took her experience and then tried to create blanket statements and apply her worldview to everyone else as fact, and I just really, really didn't mm -hmm. like that. So, Untamed is least favourite. Next up is Whisper Network in second place. I did really enjoy it. I found that balance of thrilleriness with character studies really, really interesting. The topic was really intriguing, and I just thought it was so well done. But my favourite, just based on personal enjoyment, it was really hard to choose between Whisper Network and Outlawed, but Outlawed has to be my favourite just because I love that theme of um, like infertility and a dystopian setting. I obviously love that in The Handmaid's Tale and that's one of my favourite books ever, so I was so excited to see it explored in a different context and I felt like Outlawed managed to take that theme that was really familiar to me but make it completely fresh and new and I just loved it so much so there we go I'm glad you found one that you really loved um I think my ranking would be same untamed at the bottom I don't think I hated it as much as you did but I just thought that it came across quite arrogant um mm. so yeah I've already said my thoughts on that one then I'm gonna go for Outlawed because I really enjoyed it it surprised me how much I enjoyed it um because Western isn't something I pick up but I did think that the characters some of the characters weren't that well developed and for that reason I just couldn't connect to the story as much and then finally my favorite was Whisper Network it was it had everything that I would want from that kind of book it had the thriller mm -hmm. aspects it kept me guessing but it also looked at females supporting each other but also maybe distrusting each other at times it had just really complex female relationships covered a lot of themes really really well and I just would really recommend that one so that I feel like we had almost identical rankings we agreed on untamed yeah. but then i think we both really enjoyed the other two and it's just a matter of personal preference so exactly what yeah. a fun reading challenge i've loved this it's been so much fun and i am so excited to hopefully do this again with some other book clubs so yeah I feel like let us know if you like oh this goodness. idea let us know what was going on there 
Gatsby did a really loud sneeze. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> hear that one. Me. Um, yeah, let us know if you liked this. Let us know if you like Reese's Book Club um, and if you've read any of these books because we would love to know. Okay, so moving on to our final section, which is, as always, one of my faves, um, and it is the Agony Ant section. And this week is even more exciting because we set up an anonymous Google form so that people could submit their questions and they could really maybe delve into the more detailed elements of their questions or ask something a little bit more that they wanted to be anonymous. Because I think the best part about an Agony Ant column is sometimes that the questions are anonymous. So we wanted to enable that feature and we got some really great responses. Because uh, obviously that book discussion was quite lengthy, we're just going to pick one today but we do have some really detailed and juicy questions to get to in later episodes so thank you to anyone that submitted and if you yeah, do want to so submit exciting. to our agony and column anonymously um then the google form is linked in our we're spinning plates instagram so just to mention that there uh, the question that we're going to be answering today is something that i don't think we've really touched on before so this is exciting i'm excited Ooh, my computer is making noises at me lovely uh, it says me and my partner have extremely stable jobs with a chance for progression however dream of adventure do we save and quit our jobs and travel or settle down straight away so take it away quit your jobs <laughs> <laughs> opinionated kira has come out this episode <laughs> oh yeah no for real though i do feel like i also share that like desire for adventure um the reason that i've never gone traveling is because um i have animals that are reliant on me to feed them <laughs> so i feel like that's something that if i i didn't have pets and i'd not chosen to get any any animals uh, that came out in the word is that even ever <laughs> any animals any- any animals then I definitely would have chosen to probably go traveling before like starting a career because I do just think it's really fun and obviously you could travel at any age but I do feel like there is something about traveling when you're younger when you've got less responsibilities that I think is really nice and also if you have that adventure spirit within you then it's probably never going to go away and you're just going to be suppressing it. But it's like, for who? Because a career can always happen at any time. Whereas, you know, once you've got a mortgage or, you know, children and things like that, it becomes a lot more complicated to try and think about the logistics of doing it. So I feel like if you haven't settled down yet and it's an option, then go for it, follow your adventure spirit and your career will still be there when you come back and you won't have missed out despite what the world might try and convince you of careers will wait so love that that was such a good answer so (laughs) i think for this one my initial thought is that i can't relate on the basis that i think traveling isn't a big dream of mine all my dreams seem to be very creative and home-based i am such a homebody um yeah i don't i wouldn't say no if someone was like all expenses trip around the world like obviously i wouldn't (laughs) say no but it's not something that's like for example on my like personal bucket list however i do think that life is i think this year has taught us anything is that life is so short and I would never want to look back and think, what if? Like, what if I never mm. wrote that book? What if I never launched a pod? Wow, I just hit my hand on the chair. Oh, yeah. What if I never <laughs> launched the podcast with Kira? So I'm a big believer in like trying things out and doing them because you only get one life. And so yeah. I think I would say definitely go for it. As as Kira says, careers are going to be there when you come back. Mortgages are going to be there when you come back. And even though I can't relate on that traveling sense, I definitely relate on that kind of level of I want to try something out because what if I never do it and then I always regret that I haven't done it so I definitely relate on that level um so I think definitely go for it because what have you got to lose 
there's so much pressure on beginning those very serious parts of your life straight away when you're really young but you can rewrite the rules not every life has to go exactly the same way agreed and especially if both you and your partner are on the same page and want to travel then why not you know do it together be a little bit more tricky if one of you had that desire but the other one was yeah, like definitely. Want a mortgage and point. settle down straight away so if you've got that experience where you both want the same thing then take advantage of that i'd say and just go for it because you'll probably regret it if you don't That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that. I think the biggest kind of obstacle to that plan of going traveling is if you, one of you wanted to and one of you didn't. So you've already jumped that hurdle. You've already ticked it. Um, Yeah, it sounds like fun. Show us some pics because I like to, I like to travel vicariously through others. (laughs) I know, I feel like everyone's just traveling vicariously at the moment, except for those influencers going to Dubai, but that's a different Well, how can you travel vicariously if no one's traveling? (laughs) Both through watching old vlogs. That's the oh, beauty okay. of the internet. <laughs> though, though, though Glenn and Doyle might not see it. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like we should end this episode before we get another rant review of Glenn and Doyle. <laughs> but that joking. was our Agony Amp for this week. Um, a short yeah. and sweet one because I'm aware that our middle section, talking about books, we could go on forever about Long. books. So, yeah. Um, and we will be returning next week with a theme that I think we're both excited to talk about it's gonna get personal gonna get um so yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode please as always head over to our instagram at we're spinning plates and you can also check out our google form or just chat to us on that platform and we will see you next week thank you for listening see you next week 